0: All right, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Learning the Tropes. Today, I am joined by author of Our Place on the Island, Erica Montgomery. Our Place on the Island is available now. Welcome, Erica. Thanks so much for joining me. Hi,
1: Erin. Thank you so much for having me. And and I'm really excited to be here and, and talk with you.
0: Yeah. So to start, why don't you tell me a little bit about Our Place on the Island and sort of what your inspiration was for this book?
1: So having spent a lot of time at the coast, I, I, I really have a, a huge love for for the coast and coastal settings. I find them just inherently very, very romantic. Um, the the real impetus for this particular book was a, a summer that I spent on Martha's Vineyard. So I, I was not living in one of these wonderful, rambling old cottages. I was actually living in the stable apartment next to one of them. <laughs> So I get to sort of see it from afar and um, I really understood kind of the history of it. And it, it belonged to a family that had been coming there year after year. So it was definitely their, their beach house, their summer house. Um, So that was, that was the start. I knew that wanted, I wanted that to be the setting, but then I was very interested in this idea of generations of women. So you have sort of three women at three different crossroads in their lives. And you have a daughter, a mother, and a grandmother. And I love this idea of all of them kind of coming together for a particular event in the summer. So I had to figure out what that event was. And I, I've always wanted to write about a wedding and I thought it would be really fun to kind of flip that a little bit and have the matriarch of the family be the one who is getting married this summer. Um, but in more particularly, she's going to be getting married to the one that all the island gossipers are saying is the one who got away 50 years ago. So then I thought, okay, so we have this secret love story that this you know 70-something-year-old woman has been keeping somewhat to herself for all of these years, and then her daughter is drawn back to to help her celebrate the wedding. And then her granddaughter is drawn back and both of them have, uh, sort of romances in the wings as well. So, um, sort of a long-winded way to say it was, it essentially started with the, the idea of the setting of the beach house. And then, um, the idea of exploring how at different stages in their lives, uh, these three women kind of grow and, um, connect to one another, but also how their their romantic lives come together as well.
0: Yeah. And so uh, something that we chatted about is, you know, this isn't a traditional romance. it fails one of the two cardinal rules. So one is a happily ever after, which this book does have. Uh, but what it doesn't have is kind of the central love story, because instead we are really focused on the women's lives themselves uh, and their relationship with each other, even more than kind of their romantic partners. Um, can you talk a little bit about sort of that uh, decision to kind of center those relationships? Absolutely. Um
1: it- I, and we had talked about this, um, you and I, that I, I definitely cut my teeth as a, as a reader and, and a early writer on traditional romances and the structure of that. So I very much uh, have a very strong love and appreciation for that. When I first started writing novels for... Um, with the hopes of being published, that was really my wheelhouse as I was submitting romances, historical romances, to um, um, all the traditional imprints of the time. And I, I sort of tried every, I had my hand in everything from Viking
0: romances. Um,
1: Bring to, them back. Uh, we don't
0: have enough Viking romances anymore. <laughs> well, I get so, Vikings and medieval, mid-ages, medieval times. Oh, Erin, time. oh, Aaron,
1: yeah. Aaron, I, I have like three <laughs> Or four in a shoebox in the closet. I I will okay. we'll talk after this. I'll say yeah. There's a reason they're still in the shoebox. Actually, I may have they may be on floppies. I, oh gosh, ridiculous <laughs> floppies. I'm better left there. But I I knew that I always that the, the I loved the the core of the uh, the romantic plot. Um. So I I tried to I submitted those for several years. Did not get a lot of traction. So then I I tried my hand at, at other um other genres and we're talking everything from thrillers to horror to sci-fi everything and and i had the benefit of, of a couple wonderful agents along the way who helped me sort of clarify one in particular she said, you know you 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 seem to be all over the place and but yet the one thread that seems common in all of your stories is the the romantic subplot that you really seem very interested in kind of exploring that And then sort of fast forward, um, I found a way to kind of merge that with more of a a women's fiction structure, which uh, Mm -hmm. to your point is is absolutely more what this book is, because I was equally interested in how these women forged their, or sort of how their relationships grew with each other through these experiences, as well as um, you know separately how their romantic experiences shape them, but also as you're saying, how those romantic relationships shape their relationships with each other. So in that way, it it, it is not a traditional romance for sure. So I kind of wanted to explore both things and 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 um, hope that I hope that I did that well. <laughs>
0: um. Yes, I would I would say that you certainly did it well, and and the thing that I found really interesting about the uh, the book and, and it's what I read it a little while ago because we had had this scheduled early. It's been a fun dance <laughs> to get to talk to you today. Um, so forgive me because I don't remember. I know it's Cora and Mickey, but the Cora's daughter is...
1: Is Hetty and and Aaron? Right. You you have every excuse for that. I, I find I can't remember like when I can't remember the, the the characters. That's a problem. You 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 remember a hundred and hundreds of characters. Yes, Hetty. Hetty is yes. the, is the daughter, right?
0: And um, almost
1: fifty.
0: Not to do an entire sidetrack, but have you seen the Barbie movie yet?
1: Uh, I have not, and okay. and I am, I'm I'm going to have to see it separately. My my daughters are going to go on their own, and I'm going
0: to do a watch party with my sister. So that's, that's oh.
1: more information maybe than you needed. But no, <laughs> I have not seen it yet. Have you seen it?
0: I have seen it, and I'm obsessed with it. I will be seeing it again tomorrow. I've like I'm I'm fully Barbie pilled, but a lot of it is about kind of like not to give anything away, but it's about like kind of womanhood. Um, and motherhood in a lot of ways and a lot of really interesting, uh, non-traditional paths to motherhood as well. Um, and what I loved about this book was the the way that Hetty kind of sits in the book about how difficult mother-daughter relationships are, because Cora, who's the grandmother, and Mickey, who's the granddaughter, have a really close relationship. But somehow Hetty, who it's her mother and her daughter, is unable to forge that. And I thought that felt really true for a lot of relationships, uh or familial relationships. Um that's not really a question. <laughs> but if you, <laughs> if you have anything to say to that, you know, sort of uh, you know, I-, I assume that was intentional, you know. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear sort of about any thoughts you have around that.
1: Yeah, it was it was absolutely absolutely intentional. Um very often I find as a as a writer I I have more fun kind of exploring relationships that aren't necessarily as close to my experience. Um, And I think, you know, having had a very, a very strong relationship with my, with my mother, um, but also as a strong relationship with my grandmother, however, also seeing tension in other um, relationships with, with other family members and, and mothers and daughters and that sort of thing. And I think that so often that is the case that, that, you know, and especially in this situation where we've got them in you know, three very different generations. And I, I also love this idea, and I think this is something I, I, I tend to look at in books that I'm either wanting to read or, or wanting to write, is you know what, what do we know about our mothers and what don't we know about our mothers? And I think that so often we'd be, we're, we're surprised that they had this life and that they were this person before they became a mother or before they came a wife, or whatever, you know, whatever their journey was. And I think it's, it's, it's a really fascinating thing for me as a, as a writer to put that on the page, and and see those sort of reckonings and epiphanies develop. So that was, that was very intentional in this book to see Hetty kind of come to terms with what she, you know, and also that she has a very she had a very strong relationship with her father. Hetty was very much a daddy's girl, which in mm-hmm. its own way was probably painful for her mother. So I think it's it's all of those layers that I, I really was interested in exploring.
0: Yeah, it, it was so interesting the way that Hetty was kind of unable to see her mother or her daughter as any as full human beings, almost that, that how painful it was for her, this this maybe family secret was because you as you want your mom to just stay your mom and and i always was like i think you grow out of that but now i think you don't i mean i'm almost 40 and so you know it's it doesn't change um you talked a little bit about setting it kind of in martha's vineyard which is a very specific kind of place um as i also mentioned before the call so Something strange about people from New England is that either you go to Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard. And so I go to Nantucket and therefore have been to Martha's Vineyard once for an afternoon. (laughs) I have zero point of references, but I'm like, oh, it's completely different. (laughs) It's probably not. They're probably very similar, but it's just like you pick one or the other in a a strange way. So, um, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your time on the vineyard and kind of how you how you chose this setting. So the summer
1: after my first year of college, I had a, an opportunity to, to spend the summer there with a, 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 a longtime friend and his family had had in their family um, one of these wonderful rambling uh, beach cottages. And um, we were able to stay in um, in the, there was a stable next to it and there's this an apartment above the stable so we stayed in that and then the other parts of the members of the family would um be in the house so i i guess i sort of was able to spend time in, in both worlds of sorts i mean, think it, it it was maybe that's not the best way to put it it was i was certainly welcome there it wasn't that at all it was just more like i think i was more fascinated and i and i've certainly romanticized in in retrospect just the the um the scale of it the kind of the the escape of it, the romance of it, and um, I, like I said, I spent the summer there and worked at a, a bakery up the road, and it very much based the setting of this book and this sort of enclave on um, the the area where where the house was. So I really do feel like I had a pretty strong frame of reference, and there's there's some research that I was able to do online because I didn't necessarily remember the geography as well as I, I probably should have. So, um, that was, that was my experience that was, um, previous to that, I'd been on the vineyard maybe twice and, and not for an extended period of time, but, um, I just, I really felt like the the setting and the the, the landscape was really baked in for me and it made it very easy to just you know, slide into that world as I started creating the story.
0: Yeah. Um, you know and your other book is set on the cape right? right um so i'd love to hear a little bit about the the role that place uh takes in your writing and sort of when choosing a setting absolutely um i've
1: as we've talked about it very much um i'm very focused on coastal settings i don't i don't i've written. Uh, <laughs> other books that have also featured coastal settings um when i was living in charlotte uh, um, which is a a wonderful time and i had a a wonderful writing community down there with a lot of the a lot of my settings for for stories down there were the outer banks and um folly beach and those for whatever reason and and having grown up in in maine um as we talked about which is a very you know as you know it's a very There's very very little beach in Maine. It's like it's all it's all rocky coast. So so it isn't that I'm necessarily attracted to a specific type of beach, but there is something about the water's presence that I I feel Mm -hmm. like it just it's a really important boundary in my in my stories. I just feel like um, maybe it is just because I I always associate sort of escape reading and and with that with that setting. But also, I think there's just something about living by the water and, and having that attachment and that kind of the compass, I guess, of, of, the, of the water and the tide. Um, I'm just I find it a, a, an endless kind of resource for 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 story building. I just I don't think I will ever I'd l- I always think, OK, it'd be really kind of cool to set something in the southwest, but I have absolutely no idea what that would look like. So I, I'm always I always am drawn back to the to the water to the beach. Yeah.
0: Um, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your kind of like journey through writing. You talked a little bit about writing, you know, romance uh, in the past, but also sci-fi. Sort of. I'd love to hear kind of how how you got to to this place in your career.
1: So I started submitting those Viking slash um, <laughs> uh, historicals. I was writing those in in college and submitting those in college, and then all through after that. Um, and then, probably 20 years later, um, I actually got a I got my first uh, book contract. And this is sort of a, a in a previous publishing life, um, I wrote women's fiction for a while, um, other other women's fiction. Um, and then I also was working with uh, the, a romance imprint Thule and writing some really, the, that was a, a wonderful experience of, of writing um, novellas. So romance novellas mm-hmm. that were much more, like I said, like we talked about that, that that was much more that kind of um, traditional structure with the two POVs. And, and I think that is really what I kind of clarified what, you know, we're talking about tropes, like, you know, what are, what are my favorite tropes and what tropes, even though I don't necessarily write currently, um, this, these two books are not necessarily traditional romance. I still feel like I have the, the the tropes that I love and I do try to bring them into the story. So that was probably when I was writing for Thule and writing these novellas, it was a lot of, um, kind of the, um, enemies to lovers for example or forced proximity and and I started to realize like that's you know the grumpy sunshine like that uh, those are <laughs> and I don't think I even realized and and I certainly love to to hear your your thoughts on this Erin, that because I because knowing you and I were going to talk I started thinking more about this like, you know do we are we even aware of what what tropes we we really are drawn to like you know I feel like we we're, uh, we're drawn to them almost very um you know, it's, it's sort of primal. I feel like, yeah, I know I like that trip. I know I like Mm -hmm. that. And that's the one that I want to write. So I feel like up until that point, um, and then past that in the last two years uh, or the the last two books, rather, um, the, uh, summer to remember, and then our place on the Island. Um, so that's been, all said it's probably been, it's been 20 plus years that I've been submitting and, um, and, uh, and writing and getting plenty of rejections and then getting contracts and, um, and being very grateful for those and obviously grateful to be able to keep writing.
0: Yeah. You mentioned there was a kind of a 20 year gap between you kind of submitting the Viking stories to getting your first contract. I know a lot of our listeners are writers or they're or they're starting their writing journey. So that's why I always find it so interesting, um, sort of in that gap, were you still writing or were you kind of like putting it to the back of your mind, sort of what was the, the impetus to then 20 years later, get that first contract?
1: Erin, I, I, was writing continually, probably with the exception of maybe two or three years. Um, I was absolutely writing and submitting and, and kind of building the, I mean, clearly I, I, I was, I was, I am not trained, um, as, as a as a writer. So I think that I, I obviously had a lot of learning to do through mm-hmm. um through reading, which is the best as, as you know, I'm sure you would agree that the best, you know, the best teaching out there. Um, and then just really kind of developing my voice, but also really deciding as, as I was saying, you know, looking at all these different genres and finding what story I really wanted or sort of the sweet spot for, for what I wanted to write. And I do think it took probably you know i say 20 years but it was probably 15 full sort of not necessarily fully realized manuscripts i won't flatter myself that way at all uh but they were certainly 15 fulls that i that i sent out and and we're talking you know Uh, querying in the in the good old days when you had the like the pink pages I'm not sure your readers may be familiar listeners may be familiar with the pink pages so you buy this this book of all these romance imprints and agents and and like you know it was just you mail the mail your your partial and then you'd wait six weeks and you'd get it back I mean just such a different world than the Mm -hmm. the way it works now where it's just an immediate um sometimes it's an immediate response but i mean it's an, it's an immediate that gratification of like okay i just hit send and i just sent out five queries and um so it, it was definitely a it was a it was a long journey but no i did not stop really at at any point and one of my favorite stories is is, <laughs> is to uh is to tell is that i if, when i finally got my first contract and i and i explained to my father that i was going to get some money for this book and he just looked at me like oh so you, you you you're gonna get paid because every time i would finish a book and then i would say you know he'd say oh did you know anything come of that no they didn't want that one dad so oh well so you're done it's like no i'm gonna i'm gonna write another <laughs> one gonna start yeah. all over again and you know just kept kept doing that so yes 20 20 years of of but it, you know aaron and, and i've taught um creative writing and to high schoolers who are such wonderful human beings and so full of of ideas and very often parents will will say you know I'm, I'm concerned I don't you know my 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 daughter or son really wants to be a writer but I know that's not a particularly lucrative career and and I think what I, what I always say is is what I always thought of for myself in those 20 years is that writing you can write and still hold down a job you know it's not like you have to um, put anything at, at risk it's if it's your passion and you want to keep doing it and you're just incredibly stubborn like I was and am. You know, it it can it, it it can still be something you can pursue outside
0: of other careers. Yeah, definitely. And I wish I I feel like I definitely came from a community or or a family where everybody was very like scientific or sports based <laughs> and then I was not. Um and so it's always so interesting cuz I thought like if you want to be a writer then you are novelist and that's the only choice when that's not and there's so many careers and things you can do with writing up you know including novel writing um but also you know you can make a living as a novel writer and not as a novelist and not uh you know be I don't know, like James Patterson or something. I think everybody is like, well, there's only one of these like giants, but they, you know, they're not, there are people who are kind of doing their, making their living this way as well. Oh,
1: absolutely. And, and certainly um, plenty of, of, you know, the the other, obviously writing is so wonderful because it's, Mm it's if you want to pursue publishing and that is your goal, that's fabulous. But if it's not, that story still needs to come out and it can still come out and it can still be incredibly satisfying and validating. And, and, you know, it's, it's one of those outlets that is always there. At least that's how I I think about it. I can't imagine not writing. Yeah.
0: Um, You mentioned tropes, which is obviously why we're here. We love tropes here. Um. You know, and so you mentioned, I think you said, a, enemy to lovers as, as kind of the ones that you go back to. So I'd love to hear a little bit, especially since you cut your teeth on romance, kind of what are the tropes that you love and and why?
1: So the, I think the very first time I realized I was reading a, a romance that sort of had a or I really identified that trope was. Um, and you and I talked about this earlier The when I read Vows. I love real mm-hmm. Spencer. And I she's had also so just,
0: amazing. Yeah. I'm obsessed with her. Oh,
1: so yeah. my, <laughs> that was, she, yeah, she's, she, she definitely is, is one of those that, um, that I just, I, I would sort of keep her book. I did. It was that copy of that book. I would sort of keep it very close almost the way I keep on writing. By Stephen mm-hmm. King you know it's just like it's just it's just enough to have it there it's just like you know especially I think when you're starting writing and you're really trying to identify your own voice I think it's so helpful to have that inspiration of somebody who just you know you can literally pick up and I also had to bring over because I still have my copy of The Hellion oh, Bride <laughs> speaking of speaking of um, enemies to lovers but it was like mm-hmm. you know this this um, Sir Catherine Coulter. Um, and I have to say, I have to interject really quickly before I get, because I made a, forget, I made a note about this. Okay. Is it possible that the, the wonderful art for your, um, for your, uh, on, on, on your website, when, when you're yeah. bringing up the other interviews, is it possible that that was uh, the gentle inspired by gentle rogue? Yes. Marisol Fabio. I saw that. I, was like, I knew it. I, knew it. <laughs> I love that. In the, we defy gave not the heart you,
0: it was the, Yeah, we gave her a few inspirations. We gave her a few things to pull from, but yeah, she pulled gentle that. rogue mostly. Yeah,
1: I know it kind of breaks my heart because I was I was doing um some research and and they obviously have new covers. You know, they went through a, evolution of covers, and I just feel like how could you, how could you improve on the, the the Fabio covers? I mean, that's just like
0: I that agree. Aurora. Uh, clinch covers is what they're called and i want to bring back the clinch covers we're going in this weird animated cartoon cover thing that i i can't stand and i get it because it's difficult if you don't have stock images of uh you know certain marginalized communities and so in that i'll give it a pass the solution is let's get some clinch covers with people from marginalized communities. That's what I would like to see instead. I um, completely agree. But yeah, it's it's I think it's a bummer. And I think it's this neutering of romance in a way that I find kind of like troubling, especially in the way that kind of societally we're going, uh, in response to kind of sex and and purity culture and things like that that I find worrying. And then yeah, it's it's these covers that were so much fun and they really let you know what you were getting. You know? Yeah. And I think that's the other issue. Sorry to interrupt. But that that that's the other issue too is that you know, this is a women's fiction uh, novel, our place on the island with romantic elements. And you see the cover and you get that from the cover. That's what it looks like. So you're picking up the right book. But also they're doing that to books that have like ex- explicit sex scenes or dark themes. And we're not getting that same signaling anymore the way that you would when it was like a Fabio cover. You're like, somebody's getting oh. laid. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: in like a really like intense way exactly yes. like a very very intense way exactly exactly no yeah. i think that i completely i completely agree with that because it's you know i have um i have daughters who are uh, of the age and and to that point um uh, well name names but it was they, they had picked up um a book that that sort of from the outset from the cover very much look like something that would be and again this is not that I you know I, I write I write um and read romance so this is not like I couldn't have them read that it just was more like oh that was not what mm-hmm. they were looking for that was not the expectation they had from that and so I do I, f- I think that's very interesting and I'm and I'm obviously not the one to speak to that but I you know you that is certainly something I'm, I'm curious to hear that you, you're you're feeling that because um I've been curious about that, too, based on my own experience, like I said, recently.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I don't know how old your daughters are, but it's like, yeah, there are, you know, you maybe you want to be prepared to have conversations depending on what the content of the books are. Or you just sometimes it's just not appropriate. I don't know. You decide. I don't have kids. <laughs> I feel like you you decide as a parent what is best. And I think it's, yeah, this, this, uh yeah, I think it's, it's not great for romance it's like a little it's a little disappointing but yeah well
1: it's interesting I was thinking too about how um and I may have even made this comment to my husband recently that that because in terms of sort of cutting my teeth and and what I think of when I think of those those early romances is is a place that um we lived in in a small town in Maine and had this wonderful small library but there was this great little alcove that had all of the and it was just it was right near the the um the children's section which I always I thought that was great because then it was like I could pretend to be there but then I could step (laughs) over to this little alcove and all these amazing pulpy paperbacks all the paperbacks were there um and there was something very kind of um scandalous but but not I, I wouldn't say in a in a Dangerous way, but in a really evocative way that got kind of my my you know my thoughts turning, story stories building. Um, and it wasn't just romance; it was you know all other genres. But it was definitely like adult. um So I think it's kind of interesting. I was I was I came upon a um, a copy of of um, was it what I guess wifey the other day, and I was just thinking like oh you know that would have been a book that like for example you know I remember that mm-hmm. cover and thinking okay well probably I'm I'm gonna take that off my aunt's shelf, then I'm just going to like need to, you know, go in the other room for a little bit so I could read it and then I'll make sure to get it back in the, in the shop, you know, that sort of thing. Whereas I feel Mm -hmm. like it, um, that was kind of almost the the rite of passage. I don't know. And again, I don't, I don't want to be, obviously I don't want to be, um, dated about it. And, and obviously everybody should, should feel like, you know, they, they can access whatever Whatever books they want to read that's that's not what i'm saying at all, I think, if anything, I i, I fear the opposite is happening that people that, that you know there isn't that opportunity to get totally kind of enchanted by a book and um, and really feel swept away by a book, because, as you say there's this just kind of. Um, um, you used, you used a great term and I can't remember what term you used and maybe ne- neutering of, yeah. is that the term you used? Yes, exactly. Um, those sort of images and therefore the story behind them and then the whole motivation to come to that story.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, listen, I I've talked to enough romance fans and romance novelists and myself to know that like, you know, we, we were pretty young when we started sneaking those books. Oh, absolutely. But, It's like of the ways to learn about sex. I think that romance novels are like not a bad, like every romance novel is not great, but I think in general, it's like a pretty good place to start, you know, compared to the other things that are out there. So no, I don't mean to to think that to act as though there should be an age limit or anything like that, but, but yeah, people should just know what you're getting. That's, I think that's the big thing. Yeah. Um, so to, to change gears, but so you've been writing uh, for your whole life, it sounds like. Do you have sort of um, a writing practice that you utilize, kind of like a, it, whether it's a daily practice or just, you know, the way that you work yourself through a book? I
1: It's definitely changed over the years, Erin, when I was... Um, younger i i would definitely write whenever i i could i was not probably as um disciplined about it and then and then once i started getting contracts um and my daughters were younger and i would still have to kind of carve out that time and now that they are once they were old enough to be in school full time um, i definitely extended that I'm i'm that i'm the kind of writer who i could sit and write for like 10 hours straight. I just I if anything <laughs> I need somebody to kind of help me move out of the chair whereas I have mm-hmm. friends who who very much write, you know, they have their they have a window and that's it and then they they write their they get their word count and then they um and then they do other things and wait for the next day. Uh but in terms of the actual process, I'm I'm not it's it's funny. I feel like the more I write and the the more I understand about writing and feel comfortable writing the longer the process takes me. And I always feel like it should be the opposite that it should be, I should be more efficient. I should be able to draft faster, but I don't, I I, I'm still three or four drafts before I really feel like, uh, I really have a good sense of the story and I'm not much of an outliner. I've gotten better about that. I'm more of a, of a pantser than a, than a plotter, I would say. And, um, again, I feel like I should be more efficient. I don't know why I keep using that word, but that is my process that I, that I just, I really, um, I need to see a a story through in probably three or four iterations before I feel like it's, it's doing what it needs to do. And I know certainly as, as you do as well, and, you know, you know, people who, who are, they really can hit them, you know, hit the mark within one or two, they just, it just kind of happens. So that's not me. And, and I wish it were, cause I feel like I could be again, efficient, but <laughs> that, you know, at this age, I figure yeah. it is what it is. I'm just going to roll with it.
0: Totally. I always find that so shocking when people tell me that they're pantsers and they have such intricate plots. Cause I'm just like, how, like, do you just have like post-it notes everywhere? I just don't know how people have that in your mind because with you, you have basically three storylines going, but one storyline is two storylines because it's modern day and it's in the past. So that seems like a lot to juggle sort of, do you, how I guess is my question. Yeah, well,
1: it, 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 truly, I think that and that maybe that's why it re- I require so many drafts is because there is sort of that the kind of the basics of the continuity, um, a lot of which um, amazing copy editors will pick up and I'm so grateful to them. Um, but I think for example, the, the dual timeline, I always think, okay, maybe I should do those separately and kind of flesh those out on their own. And then I'll start to do it that way and write them like two separate stories. But then it just the flow never works. Um, so it, it, it really, it, it is a matter of kind of going back. And that's why I say I, I do think I've, i used to be a full on pantser. And I've learned to be a little bit more of a plotter for that reason, because I do want to make the the storylines especially in dealing with kind of the layers of the relationships whether it's the romantic relationships or just the family relationships you know really seeing those threads through and and certainly as i get older i cannot seem to keep the focus and the the information just goes so quickly it's like if i don't write it down so uh, i don't know if i answered your question but i i it, it it i find it very challenging how about
0: how about that i do <laughs> okay well that makes me feel a little bit better i definitely <laughs> i like have notes everywhere and everything um yeah so so part of this novel is set in the 60s or 70s the past
1: so it's it's uh, the backstory is in 1948
0: Oh geez, I was so no off.
1: no 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 you're not all the other one the other one was um set in like the seventies the backstory mm-hmm. was set in the seventies. Okay,
0: so, yeah. That's oh of yeah, that. of course, because it's like kind of like after the war, sort of exactly. It. Yep, yeah, right. Their first summer back after the war. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about you know kind of the challenges, if there were any, to kind of writing a a mini historical, I guess, and. Um, you do such an amazing job of capturing a time and a place and a group of people where I think it's always so magical when authors can bring somebody into frame and then have them move out of frame and you imagine they have an entire life. Like, we're, you know what I mean? That kind of it, it doesn't feel like just kind of stock characters coming in to serve the story and leaving. But you're like, like that one gossip. I'm like, oh, she had a whole thing going on. That we didn't get to see, but um, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about kind of forming, forming that backstory, or the yeah. the 1948 story. Well, thank you for for
1: those very kind words, Erin. I really appreciate that because it's it certainly that I, I appreciate that very much. Um, that was a period that I because I'm not I'm not um, a true true historian, and I'm I'm. Um I'm always embarrassed to say that I, I have to do probably a lot more research uh, in history than i than I probably should have to do. but <laughs> that said, um I was really fascinated by this idea of women, specifically women after at, at that time when they had some some women had had opportunities uh, to pursue um, careers in you know when when um, the jobs were. Uh, you know, opened up and men had gone off to war and some women were more than happy to kind of come back to more traditional roles. And then some women, it was kind of like a bait and switch. And I thought, you know, what, what were their stories like? I thought that would be very interesting. So I started from that place in terms of, of wanting to set it then. And that became my, um, you know, the, the, the era and then in terms of the, the research I needed to do to kind of do world building, um, I didn't have to really do a, a lot of that uh, because I think I did keep it fairly contained in terms of what, what where they were and what they were doing and what what was going on. But I, I tend to be somebody who, who I know I have friends. Um, and I'm sure you do, too, that just the, the writer friends that that the, the research is, is consuming and they they just get so down the rabbit hole of research. Um, I tend to be a little bit I'm so impatient to start the story. So very often mm-hmm. I will get kind of the general framework of research done. And then as I'm writing, I'll just have little placeholders where if I need to have like I need to know what the textile was or I need to know if they could have, you know, how much they would have had to pay for that bottle of milk or whatever Um, so my research is is i don't do huge deep dives Um, so in this case like i said it was really just a question of kind of setting that that framework for the world building and then really focusing on the 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 human condition of of cora and and having that conflict between wanting to pursue her passion of of cooking and when she worked in the restaurant of her uncles when he was deployed but also knowing that she has opportunities now that she's married to, to Harry and going to this brave new world of, of his his community on Martha's Vineyard. So um, I was more kind of more interested in that, but obviously I needed the, the, the world building, too.
0: Yeah, I think that's such an interesting time. Uh that hasn't been explored fully yet and that is so ripe for exploration because yeah the anger that so many women must have felt in a time where women weren't allowed to be outwardly angry i mean we're not allowed to be angry really now either <laughs> Agreed. but Agreed. then yeah but then not uh you know i i don't know that they would have had the verbiage for it at that time uh yeah i found it so interesting and so utterly heartbreaking um you know Cora kind of being resigned to her I mean her kitchen in this beautiful home in Martha's Vineyard so I guess you can't feel that sorry for her but you know just kind of that unfulfilled nature and and I think that's what made it so lovely when it was recognized by um George was his name the contractor Max 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 Ugh.
1: Do, sorry oh do not oh please do not worry aaron do not worry one bit
0: i don't know why i had george in my mind i think maybe uh, i had okay anyway but yeah uh, <laughs> max kind of seeing her you you know you could it's funny because sometimes you read books that aren't romances but you're like they they read romance you could tell <laughs> <laughs> oh good oh good oh yeah yeah because <laughs> when Max shows up at the scene i'm like oh she knows <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's, it's what made that such a beautiful love story, uh, was it him being able to kind of see her and then all of that longing, which I just like, I love a, I love an unrequited. I love a longing. I love an angst. So.
1: I was going to say, do we, do you ever get to, let's turn this on you, but do, do you, do you have a, what would you say is your, is your favorite trope? Do you have a favorite trope or a couple? I, de- I
0: definitely do. I mean, angst. I love angst. I love a uh, class difference. I love mm-hmm. a rich woman and a poor man for some reason. I like that kind of flipped. I okay. find that really interesting. Can okay. add to the angstiness sometimes. Um, I like, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of unrequited love or um. When somebody has to betray the others for reason that the other one doesn't understand, I'm sucker for it. Mm. <laughs> Clayfest does that in her book. Um, oh, what's it called? It's the blue, the blue dress on the cover. Oh, oh. Um,
1: um, yeah, it is. Uh, uh, no, I know which one you're talking about. I, I, too, uh, the back of the.
0: Yeah, it's it's. um, Oh, God, this is going to drive me crazy. <laughs> what have I done? I know, we're
1: going to have yeah. to look it up.
0: We have to look it up. Yeah, I'm okay. going to look it up right now. Uh, okay. It's it's like midnight or something like that. Oh, I feel like I just had it up on my... Uh, my People busy. are screaming right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just like, like it's with somebody- it's Aileen is the, is the heroine. Again, the magic. Again, the magic. Ooh. <laughs> okay. okay all right okay that, yeah that one i would say that book is one that is every single one of my my uh my it checks um, off
1: all those boxes checks off huh?
0: every mm. one of my tropes that i love i also like like any hero who thinks he's not good enough for the heroine i'm like yes yeah, suffer I love, that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it i love so it all of those yeah i love it um my oh my! Like the one that I always search for, and maybe if this is one of your Viking books, you're gonna have to send it to me. But because Lorraine Heath does one, d- did it the best, and that's her Texas Destined book. But it's like I, you're bringing when like a hero is bringing a heroine to like marry some other guy, and along the way they fall <sighs> in love, and then he's like, but but now I have to give her away to this other person. I'm like, give me more. A, but those always seem to be like. One. Yeah, medieval or Scottish or something like that. So,
1: yes, I do love that one too. What is, is that? Yeah. Is, is is there
0: like a sort of a, an
1: official term for that trope? Because that's what I feel like I struggle with. I know, I know them in sort of in general, but like I know that there's you know like grumpy sunshine. Like I know that they've been assigned very specific names, but I wouldn't know.
0: Yeah,
1: I know that trope. I love
0: that trope, but I wouldn't know what to. I don't, I'll, I'll I look into that it... one in love with the wrong brother because in texas destiny they're brothers
1: oh okay Um, okay
0: but that doesn't you don't need to be brothers but or like a bodyguard kind of but the specific of like the traveling is what i'm after okay 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 so i our listeners will be sending me a lot of recommendations now which i love because they i'll always be like is there a book and it's like all these strange things and they're like yep here you go here's a list
1: (laughs) that is that is Um, awesome that yeah awesome. what about
0: you what are your yeah tropes you said yeah grumpy sunshine are yeah, there any the, like those it, specific ones you don't know what they're called
1: well it, it's interesting when you said the the class love stories like i love i do love that which is sort of what a little bit of yeah. i think was playing in with our place the, you know the, the the like it's kind of a version of, i guess of the fish out of water. But in a in a trope version, so she's like you know, she's she's having to, um, yeah. So I, I think I, when you said that, that definitely made me say, oh yeah, I, I do I love that one too. Um, but I, I really feel like it's it it started with the, uh, with um Anne Shirley and Gilbert Blythe, like that uh. enemies to you know, just that just you know that you know, because I don't I don't know that I think maybe for myself one of the reasons that just has such appeal is it's such a wonderfully romantic concept and i don't know that because i feel like the best tropes are the ones that that are not necessarily a thing in sort of reality is that just a terrible thing to say but i think that's part of their appeal that they're so you know they just they're not necessarily something we we can engage with in reality uh, all the time but but that definitely i think that started me and then like i said when i read that Lavrille spencer when i was younger and and just really just kind of fell into that whole enemies to love cuz it just feels that much you know especially when there's that that sparring and and the feisty heroine you know she's just oh she's just so great just you love her and and, and even in something like vows where he's you know he's going to stand up for himself tom jeff he's going to mm-hmm. do that but you know he's he also is clearly just a really decent guy i definitely am not a big and again i apologize to to your listeners because i know this is this is a, a thing that i tend to write really I, I i'm not a big fan of the bad boy yeah. I don't I, I and again not that I'm not a fan of reading it I should be very clear about that I don't write it it's sort that's sort of my my instinct isn't to to build a story around that usually the guys are just I find nice guys really sexy I just find that very appealing
0: it's probably very healthy for you in your romantic relationship. <laughs> 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 yeah I do. I mean, I married a very nice guy, but I do think that, yeah, when I'm reading, it's like, oh, a big old brute. It's
1: (laughs) fine. Well, exactly. I mean, again, it's it's one of those things, too. And, you know, I think you can appreciate, too, that I think as soon as you realize, like, I, I know there are things I would love to be able to write. I know there are, there are there are tropes I would love to write. There are characters I would love to write. I do not think I could write them. I know I couldn't, so I won't even try it. But I could still enjoy reading them. But at the same time, it can be a little frustrating. Like, yeah, that could be really fun to write. But I know it's not my wheelhouse. I, I, won't, I won't waste anyone's time. I really
0: will not. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. But I do think, like, that's kind of what romance is. It's trying on all these different relationships or trying on these kind of things that, like, most things that happen in romance novels are not things I would want to experience myself, (laughs) but still are so much fun to read Um, along that. So the way that the podcast works is we have kind of like three different kinds of, episodes so we have episodes like this obviously the author interviews uh we have uh where romance fans will kind of bring me their favorite romance novel and we'll read it together and discuss and then we have romance virgin episodes and so that's when somebody who's never read a romance and i recommend them their first romance which let me tell you when i came up with this idea i did not realize the stress i'd be under because i've been in like <laughs> my stomach has been out <laughs> for two days based on a book that i recommended to a friend and i'm like oh no it could be this other one anyway um do you have a book if somebody is ever like oh eric i know you read romance like i want to start reading romance like where would i start do you have a a book that you would recommend
1: i would absolutely say la Real spencer yeah i would say vows um separate beds um but i like i said i also that's a part of why i brought over my Catherine coulter the hellion bride mm-hmm. I'd recommend that one so I would say either of those two. Again, those are the ones that I always come back to in terms of like where I feel like some something sort of shifted in me where I was like, okay, this is not just something I want to read. This is something I want to mm-hmm. write. I could I can see the story sort of growing in a story like that. I I feel really compelled to to build a character like um, you know like Emily and vows. So I could I could imagine building that whole world. And I think real Spencer's you know you know I've talked about. Does such a, a an amazing job of, of you know it's, it's that world building, which is obviously a huge part of of the the, the talent of the, an author who can make us fall in love with the characters and the stories. We have to be all in. So that would be that would be my recommendation. I I, I hope that that still that book is still available.
0: Yeah. So in, my it, favorite live reel is Morning Glory. Okay. Morning Glory. I forgot about which that I one. don't so think that. that- yeah, which is set in the '40s, and I feel like so many romances they're either kind of written contemporary to the author, or they're, you know, like Regency, medieval, Viking, or something like that. So just something in the '40s, it was so interesting. But she did such a phenomenal job of that.
1: Yeah, that I, I'm going to write that. I'd forgotten about that one. I need to. I need to revisit that one. See, and they I made a movie a of it. Too. Yeah, I didn't know that. When did with Christopher oh. Reeve? Okay. I'm, I think I'm in. Movie. All right. I'm in.
0: <laughs> we were going to watch in. it for the podcast with my old co-host, but then we kind of never got around to it. And we still should. because I was... wonder if we could I wonder
1: if it's okay. Now I've got, I've got to find the book and the, the movie. All right. I'm on, I'm on it. I'm on
0: it, Erin. I'm on <laughs> it. You have to let me know get... what you think. If we hadn't already done it for the podcast, I would have said that you should come back and we could talk more of real, uh, but I haven't read vow. So maybe we could do that. Okay, I'm. I would. I'm I would love say. that. I would love that. Tom
1: Jeffcoat. Tom. Yeah. Jeff I mean, just just a name. Like I remember when I first, like that. I mean that. that I feel like every hero I've written after that, mm-hmm. it's just like that was the measure. Like, can I get a name that is so like? And there's actually a Tom, in our place on the island, um, and, and he. I would say he's he's you know, he's a catch. He's not. He's not. You know. He's not Tom Coat, but. He's he's his own Tom, but yes, we'll we'll we'll
0: have to we'll stay I, in touch. I know. I that. feel like we'll chat about that after we stop recording because I did have questions as that relationship was developing. I think. Okay. Okay. Something I was okay. nervous about, but I can't say. Oh, that okay. 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 Um, but yeah. So uh, obviously, the romances you've loved. Just what have you read lately that you've loved? It can be romance. It can be non-romance. It can be an article
1: so i i have been reading i've been binging because i have not and this is not romance but i've i've been late to the um leanne Moriarty train oh. so i've been binging hers um the husband's secret this is probably the most recent one and then I've been reading um uh Jane Harper who's also a thriller so she's the australian um, author um so so yeah, I, I I my beach reads so like mm-hmm. my you know my uh, the new Ellen Hildebrand um, have I they they're over here and I've been like binging that and kind of stuck on that um, those those two authors so that's that's what I've been reading most recently.
0: Nice, uh, I mean that's genre I think genre is genre I think there's a lot of overlap of romance and thrillers you know we kind of understand each other.
1: I, yeah, I think so too. Can it, it? I conversely, I would love not to put you on the spot, but I would, I would love a, a recommendation. Can you? Is there one you've?
0: A, a romance, romance recommendation? Yeah, a ro-
1: uh, 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 yeah, uh, uh, it doesn't have to be current, but see, I'm putting I mean, you on the spot. I'm sure that you've read
0: like Lord of Scoundrels.
1: No, I don't think I have read Lord of Scoundrels. No, If you have oh, not read Lord of Scoundrels, then wait, that wait. is the one to recommend. Wait, okay. That's not Okay, see, this is what this is what happens is I think, can you
0: tell me the cover? I'm like, <laughs> there's the like cover? a bunch of different covers of it. My phone has like frozen because everything is too hot. But um Lord of Scoundrels I'm Lord of Scoundrels. It right what now? are the covers? But it's with Dane and Jessica, takes place in Paris. The Regency, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know
1: that I have. You know, I have not read Loretta Chase's. No, I have not. Okay. Okay. Oh. So that's my. Okay.
0: Especially as an author and kind of the way that you utilize uh, the other romance novels, like what she does is magnificent in that book. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm...
1: But, yeah. That is fabulous. I appreciate that so much. Seriously, I am very grateful for that. Okay, Lord's Loretta. Okay. And I, I, I think I got the the good cover right here. Oh yes. I would remember that cover and I have not seen that cover before. So okay. Well I have <laughs> my I have my action. What do they say? That my, yeah. my directives. My my action item. I have my action item, Erin. Okay. Lord of Scoundrels.
0: Okay. She yeah, she's phenomenal, but I would say like Claypass, Sarah McLean, Loretta Heath. Those are my like go-to. The go-to's, like, yeah.
1: Once Play they put pass, something I out on her in a while. It. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so we end every episode by asking, what has you swooning? So swooning could be, be anything. It can be a TV show. We've already talked about books. It could be an app. It could be a product. It could be anything that you're enjoying right now. What has me swooning?
1: Um, you know what, honestly, I, I don't know if you're, uh, a, uh, a, a, a gin drinker.
0: I am actually, I love gin.
1: You do? Okay. So I know I'm again, probably late to the, um, I'm kind of obsessed with aviator gin, which is not okay. even that remarkable. Cause am who am I saying? That? Obviously it, it's, 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 I'm saying I'm obsessed with it, but it's not remarkable. <laughs> I, I it's not it, it's a pretty well known gin. I guess what I'm trying yeah, to yeah, say yeah. it's not like you know like oh wow I've never heard of that Erica, um, but yes I've lately discovered that and I've been um, enjoying martinis with uh, these like lemon rind filled olives with aviator mm. gin. That is that is swoony to me right now.
0: And the aviator gin because I like a very like floral gin. Sort of what are the notes there?
1: I I don't know that I would say what the notes are. I just know that they are not floral. How about that? Because I know <laughs> that this is that is that a good answer? Because my, my husband yeah. is a big fan of like the more he, he tends to like that more. Is like, would you say floral and grassy are the same or no?
0: Yeah, like botanical, they'll say, too. But OK, right, right. Yeah. I would so not like I a Hendrix to... or something.
1: Yeah. OK, so you are. See, I, I'm out. I'm, I'm. I can tell, Erin. I'm already out of my league. Why did I step in this pool? Like, no, but I if thinking? you like it, that's all that you. matters. No, no, but that's I feel like matters. I was like, oh, I have this new gin. I love. Are you a gin person, Erin? As if like, oh man. Well, I. So so yeah. So I guess that's what I'm swooning over. But I have. So I have to. Lord of scoundrels. And then I need to like brush up on my gin before we talk. You again. don't because I got, I got some work to do. It's
0: like, yeah, but it's like, if you enjoy drinking it, then it's good. And that's all that matters. <laughs> that's not, you don't need to know. I just know. Cause I'm always that annoying person in a restaurant. I'm like, what's your most floral gin? And And waiters are like this. I can't stand this.
1: Oh okay we i i i would love to to be there while you're ordering cuz i would learn so much i love that no yeah. no no i think that's fantastic i think that's fantastic so obviously i'm kind of new to like learning this whole but but yes yeah. i i that is that is one thing that is that is making me swoony so i, I appreciate mean, that you gave is. me a lot of you your martini. <laughs> do you like martinis
0: oh my, i love a gin martini so yes. i'm there's, not surprised there's no yeah. there's no other there's no other okay i i I, I know,
1: Knew we were, see, I, I knew this was all going to work out, Erin. I had no doubt between the real Spencer and the, the, the gin martinis.
0: Oh, perfect. Um, so I'd love to hear kind of what's next for you. What do you have coming up? If anything to keep an eye out for.
1: So I am working on a, a a new book now and, um, you're going to be shocked. It's set on the water. Nice. Shocked. Um, and uh it's it's following um what i can say about it at this at this juncture is it's, it's all it's not a dual timeline it's it's following um a series of couples um over the course of a of, of a um, kind of a a, a a wedding slash again i've seemed to be kind of hooked into the wedding thing um kind of an anniversary uh, event so it's following uh several several couples going through all sorts of different things. So again, it's one of, it's, a, it's certainly an ensemble piece, uh, but, but once again, with very strong romantic elements.
0: Excellent. Where on the water, can you say? or? I'm kind
1: of looking, I'm looking to have it be, and I know it seems like I should know specifically, um, but because I'm, I'm thinking more tropical, so I am still oh. doing that's what I'm still like in the research phase of even the setting. So I'm sort of building the characters, building the storyline a bit, and I, I know I'd like it to be a little bit more tropical. Um, so possibly I can't, maybe, maybe, um, maybe international waters, I don't know. But I, I definitely, I'm not thinking the rocky coast of Maine is romantic and wonderful. and beautiful as that is it's probably not the the vibe for this particular story
0: yeah oh interesting and then you can go and call it a tax write-off
1: that (laughs) would be great exactly maybe i should really be that should that should be how i figure out where the next book is set is that what is that that that's what we're supposed to be doing what is wrong with me
0: yeah and then you have to go it's (laughs) for your it's for your work oh exactly Um, (laughs) <laughs> how can uh, listeners find you and, and stay up to date on, on this next book's coming out and, and check out everything you've done.
1: So um, my website is Erica Marks, uh, excuse me, ericamontgomery.com. Okay. And then there's Erica Montgomery author at gmail.com. Um, and I have a, uh, I have a, I have a, I apologize. I was like, I had them all like over here. And then I was thinking, Oh, I wouldn't have to necessarily. So I have a TikTok. I have a TikTok. Oh, cool. Uh, so, um, and I apologize, Aaron. I, I, I thought I would be able to kind of remember them and actually, Oh, but wait, I could use my, perhaps I can use my book. Well, I'm on, I should just say, so I don't take up any more of your listeners time. So yes, on TikTok, um, on Instagram, um, on Facebook, but Erica, um, Montgomery.com is probably the best place to find me because my website has all of my um, social links on it and, and, and some, and some actually some videos of how to make some of the specialty signature drinks that are in my books. So again, I I think I'm seeing a theme here, drinking. (laughs) Sorry. Yes, I Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. So, so uh, that's where to, where to find all that good stuff is definitely on my website.
0: I know that we're wrapping up, but I completely forgot about the drink. What is it called? It's like a lobster. So, so
1: right. So lobster daiquiri, lobster daiquiri called. So for the color, not, Mm -hmm. not actually no lobsters were harmed in the making of the daiquiri.
0: (laughs) Amazing. I loved that adding in there as well. But yeah, you'll have
1: to try one. You'll have to, you'll have to maybe, maybe you can make one. I listen, I'd love to, it does
0: have gin in it. (laughs)
1: It, you know, it does not. It has rum, but there are oh. no rules. There are no rules, Erin. Okay. You could. Uh, I think that would be research. Maybe it tastes good with. I'll, maybe I just need to make one with an aviator. It is a, if you like a floral gin. It's kind of a sweet drink. I think it could work. How about that? I think it. Could Let's work. try it. I'm in. Okay. I'm open.
0: I'm in. I'm in.
1: <laughs> All Yet right. Again, well, thank- another. We'll add that.
0: <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me. It was such a joy getting to to chat with you and um to all our listeners uh thanks so much and happy reading everybody thank you so much
1: erin